0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's word and get more out of the word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, May 1st, 2021. Well, every once in a while, we come to a passage that really brings us back and helps us answer the question, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we doing this thing called revival from the Bible? Why am I trying to get people to read God's word more, trying to help them get into God's word and help them get more out of God's word? And even specifically today, I mean, if you're doing this reading, most of the time, the actual time you are spending each day is likely happening in the Old Testament part of our Bible. Well, why specifically are we looking for revival from that something that even seems culturally distant? Uh, some things that we know have been fulfilled in the New Testament. Why do we do revival from the Bible? Why every day are we reading two places from the Old Testament as well as the New Testament? And can we really expect the Old Testament to bring revival and refreshment to our souls? Well, we are going to look at a passage today that reminds us the answer is absolutely, emphatically yes. So we're going to start in Romans 15 verses 1 through 13, because we're going to see here a verse that even comments on scripture, even specifically the things that have been written before. So I'd be referring to the Old Testament and the value that it has for us. Romans 15 verse 4 says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So there we see it so clearly that, hey, what was written in former times, even the Old Testament, was written for our instruction. We are supposed to learn something from it. And even specifically, this passage highlights encouragement and hope. Those things sound like refreshment. Those things sound like revival. And we should be getting those things from the things that were written in former days. And really what we see in Romans 15 is kind of a case study in that. Because If you remember what we've been talking about from Romans 14, he's been talking about these gray area issues, these disagreements within the church over things that clearly aren't gospel issues things over which the scriptures do not speak directly to in a black and white way. And so there's some differences of opinions and how do they go about resolving those? And where does he go to provide some encouragement for them? He goes to the Old Testament. Starting in verse one, he says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. And that's a good reminder that sometimes the divisions that Christians have even over uh, some of these things, part of the the reason that those divisions are worse is because we're selfish Uh, and we are thinking more about ourselves. We're thinking more about pleasing ourselves where this verse says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. And then he goes to the example of Jesus Christ. For Christ did not please himself. Christ laid his life down for us when we did not deserve it. So if you want a picture of the strong bearing with those who are weak, exhibit A is Jesus Christ. But then to back this up, he quotes from the Old Testament. And he says, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And so as he quotes the Old Testament, he reminds us, hey, these things that have been written, they were written for our instruction, to help teach us, to help us learn, and really to help us have encouragement and endurance, and really, and hope. And we see this message of, hey, you need to put your own desires to the side and love and serve other people. That's not an easy thing to do. You know what you're going to need to faithfully actually lay your own desires down to love somebody else? You're going to need encouragement, endurance and hope. And where are you going to find those things? You're going to find them in the Bible. And specifically, you should be getting those things from the Old Testament. And then we see a prayer that he has, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with, with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together You may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there we see a good purpose statement. Our mission as a church, uh, part of it, as we make disciples, is that we should be unified and with one voice glorifying God and bringing honor to Him. And then also he uses the Old Testament again to talk about hope for the Gentiles. And ends with a prayer in verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So there we see he wants to give them encouragement, and he's going to the Old Testament to do that. So for one, let's just be refreshed and reminded, hey, there is value to what we're doing. As we dig into God's word together, we're going to find some good stuff. We're going to find revival, we're going to find instruction, we're going to find encouragement and hope. And here, specifically in this passage, it should be kind of wrapping up some of our thoughts on, hey, when we have disagreements with brothers and sisters in Christ over things that the Bible doesn't speak clearly to and aren't gospel issues, uh, we should handle those with love and really ultimately with selflessness. And Christ is our ultimate example in that. Now, as we think about using the Old Testament, one thing we want to understand is we want to avoid one ditch of thinking, well, the Old Testament isn't relevant to me. Uh, That's not where we want to be. But we also don't want to be uh, going to a point where it's just kind of, I'm just kind of reading the Old Testament and I'm making it kind of mean whatever I want it to mean. And I'm kind of starting to interpret the Old Testament like it's all about me. Well, no, we are supposed to learn from the Old Testament, but we're going to have to dig into what the Old Testament is actually saying. And we can't skip that step of what... What is going on in this context with God, with the nation of Israel, or whatever else is going on? And actually, when we dig more into the scriptures and what it means, we'll find that's when we're actually going to get the best application and understand even better how relevant the scriptures are to our lives. So now let's actually go back to the Old Testament and to our reading today and and see what God has in store for us there. Uh in Judges, we're looking at chapters 12 through 14 today, and chapter 12 wraps up some things with Jephthah. Uh, we read about him yesterday, and now there's this conflict because the tribe of Ephraim, well, they're upset that they weren't invited to the party, uh, and not so much the party, but they weren't invited to join the war. And we see, well, they're not really having a great attitude about it. Jephthah doesn't really respond with a lot of tact to them, and it turns into Really a tragic thing where 42,000 of the Ephraimites end up dying. And so this is kind of a, a sad story here, but I want to focus mostly today on chapters 13 and 14 as we begin the story of Samson. And we talked about how uh, Judges is about these cycles of sin and suffering and then salvation and then silence. And we see as these cycles continue, it seems like the cycle is trending down. It's kind of a downward spiral. And what we're going to see here Samson, after the story of Samson, we get really like down into just some wacky, crazy stuff at the end of the book of Judges. And what I want us to see is even though God uses Samson to provide some victory and deliverance for uh, the people of Israel. We're going to see, though, that the, the slide is starting even in this judge. And we see that he is not really doing all the things that God would call him to do. And so we see verse 13, this incredible story of the announcement of Samson's birth and really the angel of the Lord showing up and really them realizing who the angel of the Lord is. And I believe really this is a a Christophany uh, of God showing up. Uh, The second person of the Trinity is showing up there in front of these people. And you can see they're like, whoa, we shall surely die for we have seen God because they offer up this offering and it's consumed and uh, they don't perish, but they've clearly been talking to someone that's more than just an angel, um... And so we we see this story, but one of the things that is communicated is what kind of child this must be. And when you looked back earlier, as we read through the law about the Nazarite vow and how they would abstain from certain things like wine or strong drink, and they wouldn't cut their hair or touch anything unclean. And oftentimes that Nazarite vow was a temporary thing that someone would do for a season. Uh, well, here Samson was supposed to be a Nazarite from birth. And we see that in chapter 13, but in chapter 14, we're going to already see that there are some problems. First, Samson wants to get married to a Philistine and his parents say, whoa, shouldn't you uh, find someone amongst your own people? And what we're going to see is Samson doesn't listen to his parents. And to be honest, his parents are right. Think of all we've read in Deuteronomy and before, where God warns them, don't start intermarrying with these foreign people and going after their gods. That is not a good thing. That is not what you want to do. But Samson wants to do it. And look at the end of verse 3, where Samson says to his father, get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. Mm, That's one of the phrases we're seeing in the book of Judges. That is a bad thing. Everyone is doing what is right in their own eyes. And here Samson, who is supposed to be the leader of Israel, he's doing what is right in his own eyes. And then also he's going to eat this honey then from a carcass of a lion. And that's not something that he was supposed to do based on this vow that he was undertaken from birth. And then he gets into this competition with the Philistines. And I think we're starting to see Samson was not characterized by self-control and God still used him despite that and praise God that he can still use people like you and me despite our sin. And we should praise God for that. That should give us some encouragement from the Old Testament today, but also there should be some instruction and a warning from this. And what we're going to see as we continue on with the story of Samson is his lack of self-control did have consequences and really kept him even from being the kind of leader he could have been. And we see some of that right from the start. So may that be a challenge to us to guard ourselves, to guard our own desires as we seek to serve God. Next, let's move on to our other Old Testament passage, Psalm 54. And here, this short Psalm is clearly written in a time where David is on the run from Saul and even being kind of betrayed by different people. And we find some encouragement that again, we should think to and find instruction and encouragement and hope from in verse four, he says, behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. You should, as a Christian, be able to say the same thing. When you feel surrounded, when you feel like the world is against you, you should be able to say, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life, for he will return the evil to my enemies in your faithfulness, put them to an end. And that's what helps us overcome evil with good, because I don't have to worry about getting vengeance for myself. I'm going to leave that up to God. But then look at what he does in verses six and seven. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. There we see as he looks to God to be his helper in the midst of conflict and struggle, he resolves and remembers. He resolves, I will praise God even in this difficult time and I will remember how God has rescued me in the past. And those are things that we should learn from as we see the story of David. I need to look to God as my helper. I need to resolve even in difficult times to praise him. And I need to remember all the ways he has helped me. Well, finally, we go to Mark chapter five, verses 14 through 20. And here we see the conclusion of this demon-possessed, man as Jesus casts out the demon and the, the pigs you know run into the sea which we read yesterday now there's the response and very briefly as we wrap up today you notice the differing responses the, the people who their livelihoods were affected by what what happened and, and didn't care about the man being oppressed what do they do verse 17 and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region well Jesus complies and as he's getting in the boat, the man who had been possessed with the demons begged him that he might be with him. And there really we see the two typical responses to Jesus. One begging him to get away because he's going to mess up my plans for my life. And then the other person begging to be with Jesus. And I hope if, if Jesus has cleansed you and delivered you, that that would be your response. Jesus, I want to be with You, because I love you, because you have rescued me. And notice what Jesus does in response. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And those are good words for anyone that has been delivered from their sin through Jesus Christ. May we tell our friends how much God has done for us and how he has shown mercy on us. And let's point them to where we hear this good news. And that's the Bible. And let's keep digging into it together to find endurance, instruction, encouragement, and hope. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.